Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watch podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of December 3rd through the 4th, 2021. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Hope everyone is doing well out there. It's a quiet week this week at the box office. Not a lot of super big notable releases. It's kind of the calm before the storm before West Side Story comes out this weekend and then we end the year with a bang with No Way Home, which is all fine and well, especially for me since it's been super busy at work. So, you know, this is probably going to be a bit of a lighter episode. So let's just hop straight into the numbers, shall we? In first place, we have the second week of Disney's Encanto dropping 52% to $13.1 million in 3,980 theaters for a per-theater average of $3,303 and a running domestic total of $58.3 million. 52% drop seems pretty steep, but you have to remember it is after a holiday weekend. Frozen 2 in 2019, in comparison, dropped 59% in its third weekend post-Thanksgiving, so this seems in line with that, even off of a smaller base. Uh, international numbers are at $58 million as well, so it's a neat 50-50 split for $116 million so far worldwide, just about the break-even point for its budget, not counting uh, um, advertising and promotion. Second place this weekend domestically goes to Ghostbusters Afterlife from Sony, dropping 57% in its third weekend to $10.3 million in 4,059 theaters, per theater average of $2,552. Notably, it crossed the $100 million mark domestically, so congratulations. Uh, it's currently sitting at $102 million. Add on another $42 million from abroad, the running total is now $145 million or so, nearly doubling the $75 million production budget on this. However, it is pacing a little bit behind where the 2016 Ghostbusters was at this point in time with its release, which had $106 million, though, again, that one had a much higher budget, about almost twice as much of the budget. And also, Ghost, uh, the, second go- the 2016 Ghostbusters was not competing against another family-friendly film over the holidays, such as Encanto. Third place this weekend goes to House of Gucci in Week 2, a 51% drop to $7 million in 3,477 theaters, per theater average of $2,014, a running total of $33.8 million. Add another $35 million abroad, it puts it at about $69 million or so worldwide. Nice. Uh, it's a bit away, it's just a little bit away from getting to the $75 million production budget uh, without marketing and advertising. Fourth place domestically was a new release, which I actually hadn't heard about, but it was a Fathom Events release, uh, Christmas with the Chosen, The Messengers. Um, this one made about $4.2 million over the weekend, though it had actually released on Wednesday, the December 1st. So actually by the end of the weekend, had a running total of $9.2 million, uh, out of 1,700 theaters for a per theater average of $2,518 for the three-day weekend. Now, the story behind this is kind of crazy, actually. It actually originated from a fundraised, uh, crowdfunded television series about the live of Jesus of Nazareth. Um, you know, this is apparently the first multi-season series about Jesus. Um, the first season was crowdfunded to the tune of what $10.2 million from 16,000 investors. Um, and then the second season got you know 300,000 investors and but brought in six million dollars. And so it's a top crowdfunded film project in history. Um, you know, this film is going to be released for 10 days in theaters from Fathom Events, making it the largest release ever. And also I think it broke some sort of record uh, with pre-sales of this Christmas special uh, selling $1.5 million in the first 12 hours they were available. Um, again, I, I imagine the marketing cost for this were pretty minimal. I think it has a pretty hardcore evangelical, uh, you know, faith-based uh, um audience built into here um, who if they were going to know about it they knew about it already so um, yeah definitely pretty impressive that that, was, that this niece uh, film was able to get get into the top five 
Now, running out of the top five is Marvel's Eternals, dropping only 48% in week five to $4 million in 3,230 theaters per theater average of 1267 and a domestic running total of 156.6 million. International sits at 226 million, so about 383 million lifetime. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend aside, this is the best drop it's had to date, but it only likely has one more weekend before Spider-Man takes everything. Now, outside of the top 10, not too much interesting. Uh, there is a new Sword Art Online movie uh, that released in the States uh, from Funimation Mason Films, estimated about uh, $100 million or so, or not $100 million, uh, $1 million uh, for 10th place or so. Um, Licorice Pizza continues to impress with the PTA from PTA. Uh, per theater average is, is uh, $60,426, making 241000 in four theaters. Um, as far as films that ended their run, The Last Duel made it seven weeks uh, to finish out at 10.8 million domestically, or about 29.3 million worldwide. Far cry from the 100 million dollar production budget. Um, and on the flip side of things, Dune continues to push back, push further on, pushing Black past the Black Widow's worldwide total. I believe that pushes Black Widow out of the top 10 of the year worldwide, uh, 382 million to 376 million. Uh, definitely helped by the IMAX screenings that it got again this weekend worldwide. Um, and again, there was also a free global IMAX screening of Tragedy of Macbeth, which is an upcoming Oscar favorite from Joel Cohen. Um, that was actually free though, so it won't add to the box office, but definitely trying to you know build a hype for the film uh, when it before it releases. I believe Christmas Day in limited theaters and then on Apple TV. Plus in January. Overall, total box office this weekend, as expected, was pretty light. You know, the weekend after Thanksgiving, right before the holiday rush. Um, you know, $50.8 million. 2019 was about $89 million. Though if you do look at the week-over-week drop from Thanksgiving to, you know, this week, it wasn't a, a higher-than-average drop. Both of them dropped up both years, uh, 2019 and this year, dropped about 50% versus the previous year, versus the previous weekend. As we mentioned before, next weekend is the release of Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Seems to have pretty solid reviews, certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes at 95%. 86 on Metacritic should be a uh, awards favorite this year. Box Office Pros has it at a 14 to 22 million dollar opening. Uh, we also have the sports drama uh, National Champions from STX. No real reviews out yet, and Box Office Pros has an opening from three to eight million dollars. Now, before we get into what's little international and other headline news we have this week, let's hear a quick word from our friends of, of the show, Jeff and Pierre, about their many podcasts. Uh, fun fact, when we were talking about this ad swap, they actually reminded me that uh, Anna Kendrick, topic of their show, Kicking It With Kendrick, was actually central to that whole AMC Universal debacle in 2020 around Trolls World Tour. So who knows? I may end up going on there sometime to talk box office for Anna Kendrick movies. Uh, anyway, here's Jeff and Pierre. This is Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out. I'm your host, Jeff, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Pierre. Pierre, what movie are we talking about today? Jeff, what are you talking about? We're recording an ad. Oh, is this an ad for Kicking It With Kendrick, the show where every week we bring on a different expert to talk about the filmography of Anna Kendrick? No, no, this is an ad for Losing It Over Leo, the show where we chronologically go through Leonardo DiCaprio's career from childhood to his Oscars. Are you entirely certain this isn't an ad for CML Classics, episodes of Classic Movies Live that we recorded two years ago? Well, I guess it's an ad for all four at this point. Well, you know what? That just works out because you can find all four of those over on the Heatwave Radio channel on Spotify. Nice.
Looking at international box office news, uh, we have Omicron, the COVID variant, being a thing still. Uh, we don't have any new updates about how it transmits and whether it's still resistant to the vaccines or not. Uh, please get your vaccines if you're able to. Um, but in any case, we did get the first confirmed cases here in the U.S., including uh, someone who attended Anime NYC convention here in New York, which actually went to huzzah. Um, I am uh, I did get tested and I do have my booster shot, so you know, it, and then my test did come back negative. So big sigh of relief over there. I'm still able to go to the movie theaters. Um, apparently, though, NYC will require, in, in one of the Plazio's last orders as mayor, um, that private employees who are in person, so not working from home, uh, will need to be double vaccinated by the end of the year, as well as, you know, people, uh, children five years and older going to require vaccination for indoor dining and entertainment, apparently including movie theaters. Now, right now, we are at 82% of New York adults vaccinated, 36% of kids are vaccinated. Meanwhile, over in Germany, apparently, they're going to ban the unvaccinated from certain activities altogether, including going to the movie theaters. Uh, the difference from, you know, the vaccine passes that we've already seen rolling out across Europe is that um, those passes allowed, you know, to be able to show that you had a negative test within the last 24 hours. To bypass, I think they're going to remove that clause. So even if you're not vaccinated but you got tested, that will no longer be an option to go to various institutions, including movie theaters. Um, and you know, France being one of those similar countries, apparently there's a French director by the name of Claude Leluc who is planning a new cryptocurrency project, the Clapcoin, to fund French films and TV series. Uh, like I said, not a lot of great news out there internationally at the moment. Now, moving to actual movies playing, uh, Venom opened in Japan with a decent 5.5 million US dollar start ahead of all the MCU films thus far this year, and on pace with the first Venom film, Dune uh, opened in Australia to number one with about $3.4 million. Not bad, given that the day and date release has already been out there for a while. And then meanwhile, the upcoming West Side Story reportedly will not be playing in parts of the Middle East, such as the UAE and Saudi Arabia. No official reason was given, though rumors are that the character of anybody's, uh, who some can interpret as a trans character, is the root cause. The region requested that uh, Disney provide edits, which they opted not to do. Uh, similar to the case with the Eternals, uh, though it looks like, well, the Eternals compli is, is complicated, but basically Disney is, will not be having West Side Story in the Middle East, more or less. Anyway, moving to China, uh, there are similar film date issues for Spider-Man No Way Home, unfortunately. Previously, it was reported that No Way Home would might probably take the January 14th uh, release date. Um, however, it looks like Matrix Resurrections actually will be getting that date instead. So another date change for Spider-Man, which is looking less and less likely that it'll be able to show up. If it does, it'll probably be, be January 21st, maybe January 7th, but most likely the 21st, um, or not at all at this rate. Um, kind of like Venom 2, it was approved by the Film Censor Board, but that also never got a release release date as well, um, which will be definitely the same, I think, the difference of whether Spider-Man will be able to get to $2 billion overall. Um, interestingly, a Korean-made film, Oh My Grand, from 2020, got a release in Korea, which normally wouldn't be that significant, but apparently it's the first Korean film to be released in China at all in six years, uh, which is a potential sign of diplomatic tensions easing, perhaps, um, though it overall didn't make that much. Now, what did make money, this box office uh, frame in China, the top film was local action adventure film Schemes and Antiquities with $25.6 million. Uh, crime comedy Be Somebody came in second with its fourth weekend, making $13.3 million to add to a $117 million running total. Third place is the new romantic drama Your World Without Me, $3.1 million. Uh, fourth place went to uh, suspense horror film The Door Lock with $1.8 million to add to a $36.1 million three-week total. 
And third and fifth place goes to the ever-present Lake Tangjin, the $1.7 million to add to the $897 million total. Very good chance it crosses into the $900 million mark at this point. Anyway, moving back to Spider-Man news in general, because uh, why not give the whole segment of its own at this point? Uh, the pre-sale numbers are looking pretty solid across the board. Looks like day one sales of Spider-Man were closer to $40 million than the previously reported $35 million. Uh, by day three, it had crossed $50 million, the second fastest ever behind Endgame, of course. Uh, and th- in fact, by day two, it actually passed the 40-day pre-sale mark of Rise of Skywalker, the most recent Star Wars film. Uh, overseas, other markets are, have great, great uh, pre sales as well, with all-time records being set in Spain, Mexico, the UK, Spain, um, Brazil, and uh, South Korea. Uh, going back to the UK real quick, we're seeing numbers three times that of No Time to Die's pre-sale numbers, which you know how crazy No Time to Die is, the third highest grossing film of all time in the UK, so uh, Spider-Man's going to be big there as well. Uh, in Korea, the pre-sale number is on par with the combined sales of the last five MCU films, higher than Infinity War's first day films, and six times that of the most recent Spider-Man film far from home pre-sales the last number i saw saw for totals within with 10 days to go was 60 million dollars pre-sales sold so far with 40 million of that being opening day all this to say 200 million to 250 million is the range to look for for opening weekend domestically with another 250 million abroad most likely uh, getting it to 500 million dollar global weekend without china japan and a couple of european markets now, No Way Home isn't the only Spider-Man news we're getting this week. Uh, we got a new trailer for the animated Spider-Verse sequel, Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. That's right, we're getting Dune here with a two-part film that they're making at the same time, with Part 2 coming in 2023. Interestingly, I guess for you know Oscar Oscar side of me, uh, it's very likely then that it, uh, the, the second Spider-Verse film will be competing against Guillermo del Toro's stop-motion Pinocchio film, which is confirmed to be coming to Netflix late next year as well, which should be interesting. Amy Pascal, Sony's producer for uh, the MCU Spider-Man films, has also confirmed that Venom 3 is now currently in the planning stages. So clearly, you know, this film, even if it had some legs chopped off pretty quickly, uh, the strong opening here means that the film was overall a success for them. And a slightly more tangential to Spider-Man, uh, Kevin Feige confirmed that Charlie Cox will be back in the MCU as Spider-Man as Daredevil uh, after the stint with the Netflix TV series. Um, and then Sang-Chi 2 also got confirmed with the same director, Daniel Destin Fedden, uh, who's also working on a Disney Plus series, apparently. And then Tom Holland, you know, Spider-Man himself, is apparently going to be playing Fred Astaire in an upcoming biopic going back to his theater roots. Uh, one more bit of news about movie production stuff. Gal Gadot is moving off of directing the Paramount uh, Gal Gadot-led uh, Cleopatra film uh, into a more producer role. And Netflix is apparently also going to be scaling back production of big-budget films and wants to put what it does make out into theaters um, how the t- tables have turned. Uh, speaking of Netflix, there were some news that PVOD this last year was about $933 million, so about a billion dollars for the year thus far. This does include the premier access numbers of Black Widow, Cruella, Jungle Cruise, and Ryan the Last Dragon. However, in addition to those four films, you also have 13 UFC pay-per-view fights. So in comparison with the 11 UFC fights at Mulan's premier access from last year that had made $550 million, so for about three of those films and two additional PPOD, 
pay-per-view fights, you get about $383 million or so, or a little less than $125 million each. Um, granted, most of that money does go to Disney and fill their coffers uh, as opposed to, you know, the 60% split with theaters. But it also looks like that reduced the theatrical numbers and, you know, long tail, uh, you know, VOD numbers as well, um, which they likely hope it's which they're hoping wouldn't be the case, and which kind of explains why premium access is at, at, as a, at least right now no longer a thing. Anyway, there are a couple of other news items. You know, there's a new board chair for Disney, Susan Arnold instead of Bob Iger. Uh, Viacom CBS is presumably partnering with Korean entertainment company CJEM, the producer of Parasite, for international rollout, as well as some other Paramount Plus news about not being profitable and all. But uh, it's late, and I, I needed to sleep when I wrote this, and I need to head into the office actually for something uh, today. So I'll cut it off here. Now, you know, there's nothing I've been watching this week, though I'm hoping, you know, maybe later today after work, to catch a potential Oscar nominee or two, maybe this week uh, my other po- movie podcast oscars death face podcast comes out next week uh, so make sure you tune into that if you're a listener and i'm also you know catching up on the cowboy bebop live action for my yet another anime podcast series but with that that's a wrap for this week's episode suit my ideas for what else i should cover via email or at boxofficewatchpodcast at zmo.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review or at the very least tell a friend any of that helps. If you're feeling extra generous, consider supporting us on Patreon, which lets me make not only this show but all the other podcasts I work on. Links to all of that will be in our show notes. Numbers used in the show come from thenumbers.com. Intro and outro music come from Kevin MacLeod. You can find his stuff at incompetech.filmmusic.io. Editing production by Ninja Boy Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch. And remember, our watch goes on. Yeah.